When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello and welcome to another Flying Solo Podcast. Now before we get started, there's something that I really, really need to tell you. You'll have heard me mention our Work Your Way course. As one soloist told me recently, it's become her go-to when she needs a bit of guidance. Over 80 bite-sized videos, exercises and worksheets. How nice is that? Well, look, here's the thing. All that wonderfulness is now bundled into our premium membership. So you'll get all those learning tools and heaps of promo benefits, product discounts and a copy of our best-selling book, all for just $99. If you're starting, growing or re-energizing a solo business, it really is a steal. And what's more, it's covered by a money-back guarantee. So head to our join page to find out more. Okay, now I'm really happy to be talking with Debbie Eglin from Productivity Hub, who helps businesses introduce smarter systems to give more freedom. How nice is that? She's also a contributor with Flying Solo. I'm delighted to be speaking with this day. Hello, Debbie. Hi, Robert. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great. Now, look, um, productivity. We know from sort of research that we do at, at Flying Solo, and we also know from the responses we get from fine articles like the ones you write, mm. that um, productivity and this, you know, getting away from this whole sense of overwhelm, overwhelm, it's a real biggie for those of us in really small businesses. So what the heck's going on? Isn't stuff meant to be getting easier for us? Look, I, I think it is. And, you know, productivity, I think, has definitely become this kind of buzzword over mm. the last sort of few years, you know, where we've been bombarded with all these tools that can help and, and everything else. And I, I think the new the new thing is we should all be spinning 50 plates and uh, <laughs> cooking the dinner at the same time, you know. And it's, uh, it, it's almost become expected, but mm. it, it's such a difficult thing to achieve because we have got those 50 plates that we're trying to spin and you know honestly one of them's going to drop and you've got to be okay with that oh, okay well that's that's nice giving us permission to to to, uh, to drop the plate that's a nice start so do is is that what it is do you think is it just that there's too much sort of expectation we're putting too much expectation on ourselves of what of what we can achieve Look, personally, I absolutely believe that. Um, you know, I mean, we're we're small business owners, so we've got a huge job just right there. Mm. But then we've also generally got families, we've got children, we've got, you know, friends and communities that we need to be a part of. And, and this is all taking part of us. It's taking part of our time and it's taking our energy and our focus. Mm. And, you know, there's, there really are only so many buckets that we can fill. Yeah, um, 
Okay. You, you know, I mean, we, we can't be expected to put everything into every bucket of every day because we're just going to deplete ourselves and we're going to, you know, we're mm, going to burn, burn out. out. Exactly. We're yeah. going to be a shell of the person that, that we need to be. So I, I think for me, productivity really is all about balancing things, but being smart about it. You mm. know, it, it's it's kind of it's making sure we don't waste those hours and those minutes and really kind of getting down into that detail to make sure that we can really, you know, pack everything that we can into the, the time that we've got. Yeah, okay. Well, look, let's, that, that's, that's, a, that's a great intro to what, what we should um, delve into a bit deeper then is, mm. you know, is, is designing this sort of ideal way of working. So before we do that, let me just ask you, when you typically when somebody asks you into their business, Mm-hmm. Are they in a in a real sort of kerfuffle? Are they generally people that are, are are just drowning in it, or do you are you finding more people saying, okay, I'm starting a new business or I'm developing my business, I want to do it now with you know greater kind of clarity? Where are people normally when they come to you? People honestly are at very different stages. Um, mm. Generally, they're not at the starting out stage because, yeah, okay. you know, when you're starting out, your focus is on sales, it's on marketing, it's mm. on that kind of, you know, end of town where you're going, okay, I really need to get business. Um, a lot of new business owners when they're starting out don't equate um, you know, money in the bank to being efficient and setting up your systems and, and getting everything mm. in the back end right. Um, their focus really is somewhere else. Yeah, so the, okay. the people that I normally work with are the ones that are, you know, waving but drowning. Right. Um, but but they're also um, they're also people that maybe are coming towards the end of their business and they're looking at selling or you know they're really looking to step up in a big way. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. So that presumably that latter category as well to some extent are those that are are looking to um, just get everything systematized and organized and knowing that that's going to be a far more saleable business than one that's you know that isn't exactly exactly i mean yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna get any cold hard dollars for the the systems that are in your head because you know they they can't share them so yeah absolutely it's it's those that are looking to to really develop um, the systemization as an asset mm. to their business or that really realize it because they're, they're making a big change in their business. They might be um, going from a local business to national or international. They might be, you know, taking on a big team of outsource workers, um, you know, that are, that are in different locations. So mm. they really understand they need to either get the technology on, in place or they need to get systemized so that they continue that best practice through their business. Yeah, okay. So, where do you start then? When you know you're going, in, let's say you're going into that sort of business, one that's not a startup, one that's been going for a little while, realizes though they need to get some structure going on here, whether that's just because of business development or because of business sale. Mm-hmm. Where do you start? I mean, what's the, what's the first kind of thing you try to get us to do? Mm-hmm. So the the first thing is really to to get the facts around. What, how you're working. And, and for me, when I'm working with businesses, it's generally not what they do. 
um, you know, unless it's a, a heavily compliant industry. Mm. Um, but it's generally how they do it. How do you capture the information? How does that information throw to, flow through the business? What do you do with that information? You know, how how is all of this information flowing and, and what do we need to do with it? And generally from there, we, we sort of, I look at their client or product life cycle. So I, I simply sit down with them and say, hey, I've just, uh, I've just given you a quick call. What happens? And I get them to talk me through the whole product or, or client life cycle so we can understand about that information capture flow, etc. See what they do with it. Okay. Then, Let me just stop you there for a sec. So, so for somebody who's, you know, I, I need to be realistic here. Not everyone who's listening is going to suddenly call you up and work with you. So, oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for, so what you're saying is that initially what we need to do as businesses is is really sort of step back from our business a bit and really pull it apart so look at the the flow you know whether it's from a phone call from an email what's the process what do you do and when do you do it so that's exactly. the first thing is kind of break all that down into quite a degree of detail presumably you know it's like it sounds like a flow chart you're sort of discussing describing there yeah yeah exactly i i generally put them into workflows so sets of activities you know a set of tasks that completes a certain activity so mm. that might be client engagement for example if you're a a service-based business you might have a set of tasks that you complete from the moment someone inquires through to say um, acceptance of quote yeah, and okay. it's really looking at what do you do through those stages? What tools do you use? Where does that information go? Where does it need to go? And then from there, you take it a little step further. Can we automate any of this information flow? Mm. Can we create templates? Can we create online forms? What can we do to make the tasks within that set of activities easier more streamlined and systemized okay so what what i mean i'm, I'm going to ask you to sort of just put yourself in the position of somebody who is trying to do this whole mm -hmm. process totally by themselves so mm -hmm. now that's often difficult isn't it to, to step away from our business and kind of look at look at it from above look mm -hmm. at a look at a, a workflow as you said and and try and find ways to do things easier or more in a more in a more sort of straightforward way or to use apps or tools mm. you know for somebody who's set in their ways it do it kind of it sounds to me like we do need to have somebody else there looking at it or do you find that when you write down or map out these flows do things kind of jump out at you immediately do you go oh well that's crazy why am i doing that i should be doing this you know is it does does it jump out at you um, yeah, I, I think it can. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. It is very difficult to objectively look at how you work within your business because we all create habits. And even mm. when I, we, even when I do this this task myself, you know, if I'm reviewing a, a, a workflow or a process that I use within my business, I can find it quite difficult to look at it objectively, as you say, because you know it's the way that I do things and it works and it's good. Um, but I, I generally have one of my VAs, you know, work it through with me. So mm -hmm. I, I think, I think for for the business owner, if they have someone maybe within their business or a friend or a partner that they could work through this process. 
then that would be very helpful because you will start looking at it from from a different perspective. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, someone will question, well, why do you do this? Surely you, you know, you don't need to do that step or mm. why don't you just create an email template that you can send out and then, you know, you're going to save 15, 20 minutes on that part of this. this yeah, process. and often I find that when you do speak with somebody who who really, in some cases, has little knowledge of business, let alone your own business, mm-hmm. um, in some ways their, well, I don't know whether you call it naivety or just sort of lack of, of, uh, of knowledge of those sort of processes, often mm. they will ask you a question and go, well, Actually, that's a really good question. Why do I do that? You know, so as you say, you hook up with your VA, your virtual assistant. Mm. um, Mm. But I think it is something that we can do with another business buddy or even, dare I say it, a uh, keen teenage child or some such. You know, there are other people we can lean on. So. Okay, so we, we, that's where we start then. We pull apart yeah. all the processes. Let, can I just ask you, when you do that, are you finding that you're doing it by uh, kind of doing mind maps or are you, are you doing it in, a, in another kind of visual way or are you literally just writing down steps? Uh, for me, I'm writing it down, but dependent on um, how, how the client likes to learn and communicate. Um, certainly, if they are a very visual communicator, then we will just sort of map it out in, say, you know, a very basic sort of flow chart, just so they can get those sort of juices flowing, if you're right, like. But for me, I'm basically getting down the detail, I'm making all my notes. And then from that, we can look at it objectively and say, okay, well, this is this area we can improve by, you know, automation, this area we can improve by templates, etc. So um, it, yeah, I mean, dependent on how you learn, how you communicate, visual can be a great thing. Um, you know, but for me, I write it down and I get that detail. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let, let's uh, uh, let's move slightly away from that thing because I can see that by you know pulling apart those processes like that, that's going to give you going to hopefully open up some ways that you can change things. But mm. presumably, kind of in front of that, even is this this clarity about where we're actually trying to get to in our work. I mean, I find that. So many business people that I speak with who are in this sort of overwhelmed situation or where they're really, really busy, um, and I'll say to them, what is, what is it you're doing? Where are you trying to get to? And, yeah. and often I find that that's the piece that, that people struggle to articulate, often because they're just so buried in the, in the sort of day-to-day stuff. So mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you kind of cope with that? It's really looking at what that end goal is and then deciding what you need to do to actually yeah, to get, get there. there okay all right so let's say we've we've got our path in mind we're clear where we're trying to get through the business we've gone through all our kind of tasks and we're we're starting to look at where we can simplify some of those mm-hmm. um wh- where kind of where to next and what else do you do you look at in order to to turn people into these the ideal sort of productivity machine Mm. So then you really need to look at the tools. So what what tools are you using? Are there tools that you're missing that you need? Um, and, and how do we maximize those tools within their business? So there's a lot of business owners um, out there that aren't using, say, a project or task management system. Yep. You know, they're, they're still using paper and pen because that's what they're comfortable with. Uh, that's what they know. Um, but we know through 
you know, time and motion studies that by using a, even just a basic task manager, they're going to save a lot of time, um, you know, and they're going to get a lot more clarity within their business because everything's captured. It's more automated. Tasks can be um, automatically delegated out to other people within their business. Hmm. So, you know, even sort of basic things like that um, can be a can be a massive time saver. It's also looking at maximizing the tools that you're currently using as well. You know, I mean, I, I know businesses that say have an awesome accounting software, but they may only be using 10 or 15% of its mm, capacity. If that, yes. Exactly, exactly. So it's really, you know, it's either learning um, how to use it yourself. And there's such a wealth of information out there that, you know, if, if you've got the time, then, then really learning um, you know, the nitty gritty of, of how to use these tools is great because you can apply so much more within your business. Yeah, okay. So uh-huh. when you when you talk about task managers, and clearly there mm-hmm. are, you know, there's a raft of those now that, oh, gosh, um, yeah. you know, from, as you say, from simple to not not at all simple. Mm-hmm. Um, where's a good sort of starting point? If we've got somebody, a, a solo business owner who maybe deals with, um, you know, half a dozen or, or a dozen sort of local customers, mm-hmm. um, what sort of, where would you tend to lean them towards? Are there any particular tools that you use that you'd recommend that are, that are a simple kind of intro to that? Mm. I mean, look, there's, like you say, there's, there's hundreds of tools out there. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, it's kind of, it, it's, it, I think it's quite difficult to say. I mean, obviously, I have tools that I use within my business yeah. that work for me. Um, what works for me may not work for, for another person. Mm. Um, generally, what I, I say is, you know, Google a few, ask colleagues, ask, um, you know, ask, ask business people that you network with what they use. And then just go and log on, get a free account, have a little play around with it. Um, you know, you, you need to sort of think about, okay, what do I need in my business? Do I need just a simple task manager that's kind of like a paper and pen, but just yeah. online? You know, and, and if that's going to work for you, then, you know, jump into Wonderlist or, or one of those types. If you want something that's a little bit more sophisticated, that's maybe more a project management that has a little bit more automation in there, then maybe look at something like Insightly, you know, or even Asana or Rike or, you know, what, one of those out there. The, I, I know that one of the major problems for business owners and technology nowadays is there is so much available mm. that it becomes overwhelming and they have no idea where to start. And therefore, they just go back to the paper and pen because that's what they know. That's what they're comfortable with. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, you know, I've heard a few people use. Yeah, I've heard a few people using Insightly, and I gather that's that's mm-hmm. got quite a nice sort of interface. Um, yeah. So. And um, what was the other one? Wonderlist, I think you said. Yeah, yes, Wonderlist okay. is is a pretty basic one. The yeah. app uh, for your mobile device is great on it. Um, you know, you can share basic tasks, share you know basic projects, things like that. You can get reminders. Mm. So it's a good little you know basic um, basic app to start with. Okay, so let's touch on another little area that that, uh, that you mentioned a moment ago when you were talking about your own VA, your own virtual assistant. So. Mm-hmm. Um, is it still the case, do you find that there's a great hesitancy in people to outsource, to actually embrace getting support from somebody else? And if you come across someone like that, how do you kind of nudge them? What are you doing to, to, to get them moving in that sort of direction? 
Um, so uh, how, how would I maybe nudge them towards outsourcing? Yeah, towards actually doing it, you know, getting yeah. working with someone. I, I think it's really highlighting to them um, how much time they spend on these lower level tasks mm. and, you know, how much that's really costing them. So if you look at, you know, say their hourly rate might be, you know, $100 an hour and they're spending five hours a week on, you know, very low level tasks then, you know, that's going to be costing them 500 bucks. They could get, you know, a VA in for 10 hours a week who's Australian-based for that time. They will be able to take on that five hours' work plus a whole lot more. Um, you know, obviously, if they're going to go offshore, then they would be able to get someone, um, you know, for, for a, a lot less. more cost-effective. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's, I, I think it's really just highlighting to them where their time is better spent. You know, I, I believe that every business owner should be spending 80% of their working week in their area of expertise because, mm. you know, that's what they're amazing at, that's what they're great at, and that's where they're going to make their money. Yeah, so um, are you saying that you, you mean that they ideally should be spending a large chunk of their time on billable work as opposed to all this sort of admin background stuff? Exactly. So mm. either on billable work or on work that's moving the business forward. Yeah, okay. No, you know, it's, it's looking at tasks or, or working on tasks that nobody else can do because it needs their expert brain. Mm. But there's so much that we do as business owners within our business that absolutely someone else can do. You just need to put a, a system around it, get it defined, and then outsource it yeah okay so why don't we just have a look at that as our sort of closing point is this mm. you know it's it, I, I find it, it's all well and good to say okay we need to outsource some of this stuff but i've seen so many and read about so many kind of disaster stories where where that outsourcing doesn't go well mm-hmm. um and i'm sure you have as well mm. and i'm uh, my belief is that the main part of that is that the way that we brief the way the our expectations our kind of measurement of of how well these are our virtual assistants or whomever are doing the work um do you have tips there as to how do how do we best outsource absolutely so all of the tasks that i outsource um are absolutely defined and systemized anything i do on screen has a how-to video um, which which shows exactly what they need to do and how they need to do it. Um, if not, I may have a checklist that they need to check or, you know, a written procedure or things like that. Now, you know, every business may not want to go into that detail, but you need to, you need to share with people exactly how you do it and how you want it done. Otherwise, you're not going to retain that best practice within your business and, you know, your reputation may suffer for it. Hmm. And tell me, when you when you work with um, virtual assistants, do you find generally that um, most of them are fairly proactive in that they're coming to you with ideas to simplify things even further, or generally do you find that um, that VAs are just doing precisely what you ask them to do, you know, and not sort of mm-hmm. questioning? What, where where do you sit on that? 
I, I think it absolutely depends on the person that you have working with you. Mm. You know, I mean, I've, I've worked with some fabulous um, VAs before who have gone above and beyond and, you know, and really made a massive difference. I've also worked with others that are barely following the very clear instructions that I'm, I'm sharing. You know, it, it's like anybody that you're hiring within your business. It's, it really is down to that individual and it's down to getting the right person working with you Mm. and I guess it's also you know the onus is on us as business owners to the you know the more detail we put into the brief and to Mm -hmm. laying out how it's done as you say you even do create videos or you know make Mm. screencasts or whatever you're doing the task yeah that's what we need to do what we shouldn't do I think I think where the where the risk comes in is when we sort of half-heartedly brief someone uh, in the sort of vain expectation that they're going to fill in the gaps or do it even better, that's mm. not the way to go. That's that's abrogating responsibility. That's not outsourcing, is it? No, that's that's exactly right. That's mm. exactly right. And you know, I, I think for some businesses that maybe are struggling and they're overwhelmed, and you know, it's all it's all sort of getting a bit much. Sometimes they see. That, that because you know they're going to get this outside help and it's going to wave this magic wand and suddenly their life is going to become clear and simpler and easier when you know it's not whenever we bring someone new into the business we need to onboard them properly we need to share exactly what we need and i think we also need to temper our expectation as well that you know they they're not suddenly going to become this amazing fairy and and everything is you know is is solved yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, they, they can come in and they can do a job, um, you know, but it's, yeah, it's not going to magically wave wave a fairy wand across their business. No, okay. All right, well, look, Debbie Eglin, thank you so much for joining us. So if we want to find out more of your work, where's the best place to head to? Absolutely. Head across to productivityhub.com.au and, uh, yeah, come say hi. Always happy to to have a chat and share some tips. And before I go, don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly lovable business, we get you at Flying Solo. Our premium membership has all the tips and tools that you'll need, and it's a mere $99. And it now includes full access to our Work Your Way course. Please head to our join page to learn more. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.